The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're some man, what the rock is talking. Welcome to the One Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Johnson. Today we are missing Joshua Arbuthnot, who is sick and is not able to be on the show, but he's given us our picks for Double or Nothing, so we will read them out as we go through the card. And But I am joined by, hopefully, the hockey futurist, Morton. How are you doing? So far, I've been pretty dead on on pretty much everything I've called. So I think I've gotten one series wrong so far. So yes, yes. yes. Uh, the Flames come back to winning seven games against the Oilers. It's uh, it's on. That would be euphoric. I don't think I would care what would happen after any other series. No, that would be almost enough, wouldn't it? It would. It would. It, it's not, but it would be. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, but we're not here to talk hockey and not cry about the flames. <sighs> we are here to talk about wrestling. So let's let, let's jump in right away. Double or nothing weekend. Double or nothing is Sunday. We're obviously going to run down the card. But I want to get your take on the card that happened tonight, AEW Dynamite. What did you think of the show? Yeah, it was a pretty solid show. I mean, I really like the Joe and Kyler Riley match. I think it's going to be tough, actually, for the uh, the, the match of the, on the pay-per-view to Cole and uh, Joe to top that. I, it's funny because, I mean, I thought Joe had nothing left in, in his last days in NXT and everything there and his match against Karrion Cross. I was like, the guy's just, he just, he hasn't got the wind anymore. He can't do it. He's proven me wrong. He's, he's looking great. And uh, his match is going to be a highlight of, definitely of the show, I think. So, I mean, that that being the main event really, I think, helped a lot. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a great call to co- close out the show. Um, Joe has been great. This whole tournament has spat out some really good matches. Kyle O'Reilly is a future world champion. Um, I really like the triple threat between Swerve, Ricky, and Jungle Boy. And if you follow the One Fall Twitter account, which you should, uh, I said that all three of those guys are potential main event players for you down the line. I think all Ricky three starts to me is Ricky starts to me is the, uh, he's the sneaky one. And I don't mean he's a master of sneaky style, like, uh, you know, the king of sneaky style. Cause that's obviously Rocky Romero. But uh, I mean, he's the one that people don't seem to mention when they're talking about the future of the company and, and, you know, young stars, he seems almost forgotten. And, that's funny to me because the guys gets a great reaction. He's a great talker. He's, he just, he gets it. Yeah. He's a, yeah. I mean, all three of them are, are tremendous, but, but I, I really look at him and think, you know, that guy's, that guy's definitely a star. If I had to put you on the spot, if there was uh, if you didn't answer, uh, pull the lever and you fell down, which of those three are your current front runner to be the top of those three? If you put Swerve, Ricky, and Jungle Boy 
and you had to rank them one, two, and three in the future, who do you think will be number one? Who do I think is going to be pushed the most and have the great greatest career within, basically within AEW? Yeah. Uh, I still go Jungle Boy. I think Jungle that. Boy. I think the long term. I think uh, uh, certainly his. I think his family heritage helps as well. Uh, that uh, they see him as a crossover appeal that way. So uh, you know, uh, I think Jungle Boy. I think they've committed to him more than the others. Obviously, he yeah. swerve just got there. So I think the commitment to Jungle Boy is. Uh, I've said it before. I said it again. I think he's going to be the first person to be. Uh, to be their triple crown winner, to win all the titles. Yes, I, I, I do think he he is a very good shot at having that prestigious uh, moment. And it's good that it's a homegrown talent, especially like Jungle Boy. Uh, I, it's tough. I, I would venture a guess it, number one could potentially be Swerve. I well, really like... I, yeah, I, but here's the thing. Swerve, I mean, he's obviously, he's, he's awesome. You, you look at him and you just go, how did they let this guy go? But then you also look at another guy, you go, how did they let this guy go? And that's Keith Lee. And when he and Swerve are out there together, Lee's getting a much better reaction. It's not even close. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there is that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see, but it's, it's fun because the future is very bright for AEW in terms of talent. No, no question. Uh, before we get to the card, there is one other thing I wanted to talk about was it was reported by Fightful that uh, Tony had talked about potentially running uh, Wrigley Field. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of that? Do you think they could do it? Oh, yeah. They have the right card. The first time, they, I don't know if they could run a regularly, a yearly or two or three times a year like WWE, you know, or, you know, I mean, New Japan runs two shows in the same weekend, you know, in a Tokyo Dome. and Like, I don't know if they could do that, but the first time that they go to a stadium, just the idea that they're there is enough to sell it without them having a match on the card. Like, because the company has that kind of uh, momentum. So they could definitely, they'll, they'll definitely have a massive crowd for, for their first stadium show without, without even having any matches announced, definitely. I, uh, I'd i love to see it. I It'd be great to see. It'd be a lot of fun to go to a show like that. Just a packed baseball. And I think baseball stadiums are great to use for that. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's perfect. I, like you look at something like Arthur Ashe, like that's another great little find by AEW in just yeah. terms of just something different, has a different look and feel to it, which I really liked. Uh, and ultimately, I think uh, running something at Wrigley will happen for this company. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Arthur Ashe is definitely, they had, what, 20, over 20,000 there? I can't remember how many it was, 22 or something like that? I believe you so. You don't think CM Punk would have no problem? You just announced CM Punk and you're selling out Wrigley Field in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Like, the tickets would be, I'd go, I'd consider going to that. That'd be yeah. great. Like, uh some people don't think uh thinks that cm punk's a flop financially so you know <laughs> they're wrong <laughs> Man. He, he is uh uh big time uh being a boon for that company in fact that's why when we're making the choices on who's champion 
there can be an argument definitely going both ways. And, and we'll get into that when we make our predictions here. Oh, we certainly will. And we're going to actually, I'm going to pull the card up right now as we march on to double or nothing. They've been alive for, the company has been in existence for about three years now. How do you think they've grown from this first double or nothing to this now the third annual one? Well, when the first double or nothing came about, there was just a lot of hope. You know, it was just a, a case of um, hoping that this company could do something, be something. There were, it was fresh and it had momentum that way. But now they're established. Now they're an established company with several established stars. Their television show is established. I mean, it's not going anywhere. You know, in fact, the streaming service thing was something else Tony talked about here. You know, that's going to happen. Like there's, it, it's just, it's, uh, it's fun to see. But yeah, the company's growth has been, has been the, due to the fact that they're, they're no longer a flash in the pan. Nobody can call them that anymore. You know, I mean, I think there were some pundits uh, online that were saying they'd be out of business within a year. Uh, obviously, that's not the case. And that's huge. And you could even make an argument they should have been out of business when the pandemic hit. That should have been an AEW killer. But it wasn't. They thrived. Wasn't, no. They thrived during the pandemic enough that they kept going. And now they're here. So it, uh, I love it. I love where we've gotten to and i love that we're talking about double nothing yet again third annual event uh it is in vegas and we have a total of 11 matches on the show uh 10 on the main card one on the pre-show do you think they have to start cutting down their card size it's tough because they have so many that's the one thing that i really noticed about this they have so many multi-man matches a five on five, a six man tag team, uh, you know, like they have so many multi-man matches just to get everybody on the card. And he still don't have Sting and Darby Allen and Lance Archer and, and uh, you know, uh, Andrade. And like, it's still, <laughs> you still don't have a bunch of your stars. Like there's, it's just, they have so many people. Um, that's why I'm like curious about, I mean, if you're having trouble getting all your stars on the show, what do you do when you add the NJ, uh, New Japan roster on top of that? How do you possibly pick and choose who's going to be, you know, on the show? I, I do not. That's the one thing I do not envy, uh, you know, um, Mr. Khan for. He has to figure that out. And speaking of Khan, we saw an a new japan tag team attack ftr and rapungi vice who by the way i really love rapungi vice rapungi vice's theme song it's great uh we saw jeff oh, Cobb. Go free, feel free and go and buy it from uh from rocky romero he's the one who did it he's it, it, it they did a tremendous job with that um but we saw we saw new japan kind of pop up very unexpectedly uh, we saw Jeff Cobb return and we saw they debut in AEW with the great O'Con. what do you think of their beat down angle oh it was perfect it was just exactly how you wanted to do it and it almost sets up because uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong Art 
is Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn tag champs? Uh, I think they are now. I mean, they did lose it for, they had the rematch. I haven't been following. Uh, they might not be. It might be Chase and Bad Luck Fale. It was them. They won a three-way. And then they were going to set, they set up a, a rematch. But I'm not sure the rematch has happened yet. Um, that this time without Tanahashi and, uh, uh, and yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that it hasn't happened. It is Fale yet. and Chase Owens. It is. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I haven't really been paying much attention to the best of Super Juniors just because it's hard to watch everything. Oh, and yes. I, I imagine that that match will happen. Uh, I would guess that match happens when the uh, finals are happening for the best of the Super Juniors. And then they'll, will that be before the big uh, AEW New Japan show? Uh, yes. So then I say yes. FTR has a ch- potential chance for they'll put their titles on the line. IWGP heavyweight t- tag titles could be on the line. I'd love to see FTR wrestling in New Japan. I'd love I to think... see Dax in the G1. Uh, yeah, they'd be a natural. They'd be a natural fit for sure. They they are an absolute throwback. And it's just one of the things that I think capes will help keep AEW strong. I think they're strong on their own, but I think with New Japan, it's just that little boost that helps, even just in terms of keeping talent, being like, this is what we can offer over a company like WWE. You want to go to Japan and wrestle a bunch of people? Here you go. We'll get on the phone and we'll make it happen for you. Okay, yeah, I think that- no, Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, it's an advantage. I mean, I know that a lot of guys, uh, they want to, they want that kind of freedom, that kind of, they, a lot of people want to see the companies working the business, you know, working with each other. So yeah, I, I think that that'll be uh, another, another selling point. And there's se- several right now, like not having to have scripted promos so that, you know, your promos can be good. See, and that's, and that's kind of one of the things where it's like uh, there's a lot that AEW offers. Uh, whatchamacallit. We're, well, let's, let's get to the card. Let's jump okay. in with the pre-show match. It is Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling, who has been fantastic, by the way, in his role. He was fantastic all the way back when he was MJF's lawyer, when he was taking on Moxley, and he's great in this role, and he's been great with Jade, and he's taking on the most the most terrifying tag team group in all of pro wrestling. It's Hookhausen. What do you think of the, that combination, and how does this match go? I'm going to let you go first on all this. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it'll be, it's weird because Hookhausen, I mean, let's face it, Danhausen is so sports entertainment, you know, and Hook is so not. It's the odd couple. It's their version, I think, of in some ways. It's their, uh, you know, RK bro in a way, you know. Just sue people that don't seem like they're just such a mismatch, and sometimes that works. It's like uh, Rock and uh, McFoley. Yeah, and the thing is, you can't really have Dan House and Russell because he's he's 
there's not much there if he's going to wrestle. I mean, it's it's all about the gimmick and the act. And uh, so, I mean, it'll be a lot of him, a lot of him, you know, doing his act, doing his gimmick, getting a reaction from the crowd, and then Hulk coming in and just destroying them. And uh, especially, I mean, I figure Sterling takes the the pin because you could still save it that way at Meese versus uh, Meese versus Hook singles match. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happens. Uh, Josh picked Hookhausen to win. Uh, I think all of us see the thing is, I think we all picked this because we don't want to be cursed. We don't want to be cursed. We've seen the power of the curse, Morton, and it's truly terrifying. It's it's scary. Yeah, no, no. Who wants to be cursed? Uh, I I think Danhausen has done a fantastic job within his role. He's never going to be a champion in AEW. He's never going to be the big star, but he's going to be a nice piece within your company that add just adds to a, a different angle to your product. He's, I mean, he gets the crowd reaction. You can't, I don't understand how, you know, you can't, how you can say anything bad about somebody who gets a crowd reaction, and he does. It really is amazing the people that are like Danhausen's killing the business when you've had people like Santino Morella, who was involved in one of my favorite angles at the end of the show with Stone Cold. And Stone Cold wasn't an active wrestler at that time. Like, you know, the you, you there's always been a place for these type of characters and i really like Danhausen. and uh this is a good way to slowly bring along hook yeah just absolutely. do small little it's a way to get him on tv and get him in maybe some longer matches without having to you know ruin his aura yep and eventually he turns on Danhausen and then moves on I don't know if he turns on him, but he eventually something happens. Or Dan curses him. Mm, I don't know about that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they get out of it. But, oh. uh, you know. They'll somehow. figure something out. Yeah, I don't think they're, I mean, Hook is too popular to, to turn him. Dan House is popular, so I mean, you can't really, yeah, I don't really know how you do that. Uh, it's it, it's for a later date though, but I do agree. Smart Mark Sterling eats a pin, Hook gets the pin, and or maybe Danhausen gets the pin after Hook knocks them down. Oof, sorry, I'm sure you can hear that. Ah, uh, it's all good. It's it's it adds ambiance to the podcast. Nothing I can do about it. Windows closed, and I'm still well. It's not quite. I guess it's a little peak open, but damn, it's uh. I don't know. People like their loud cars. They really do. They really... I don't get it. I don't either. I don't, uh, you know. There were points driving around Calgary today that there were very loud cars, cars, and I'm like, why do you have to be so loud? What are you, what you, are you accomplishing at this moment? Yeah, you don't have to be. You just are because you're a dick. Yes, I think that's I think that's what it boils down to. The louder the car, the bigger the dick you are. Yeah, uh, and smaller the probably the smaller smaller your dick is too. Uh, yeah, no, that that's usually how it works. Yeah, <laughs> what kills me about these, and I know we've gotten way off wrestling here, but what kills me is often it'll be like 
like some old Nissan or something like that. Like it's not necessarily like the muscle car you expect. It'll be like some souped up small, you know, Hyundai and something like that. It's it's amazing. Sometimes you're like the noise is coming from that. Yeah. Why? Yeah, crazy. We need Dan Housen to curse these people. Well, he's very good and very evil. He uh he he will take human monies for it too. So we'll be good. So anyways, back to, uh, Double back to the, the card. Uh, next match up is for the AEW TBS Championship. It is Jade Cargill with uh, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet, or the baddies, taking on Anna Jay. I hate the fact that uh, Red Velvet was the person who teamed with uh, Cody against Shaq and Jade Cargill. And then she joins the baddies without a storyline. She's just there one, one day. I hate that. Yeah, that's yeah. very WWE. And that's, that's something that you, doesn't usually happen. Do a storyline for it. Yeah, have her join, but do a storyline for crying out loud. Uh, so that, that's lazy booking. That um, is lazy as, booking. As far as the actual match, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It'll, it'll probably be all right. I mean, Jay Cargill. I mean, I don't know who the person is to eventually beat her because there's nobody who you're like, that's the one that eventually should beat her. I mean, I don't think there's anybody. I mean, she's, you, you just keep on building her up for as long as you can. Break Goldberg's streak. Yeah. Yeah. No, you keep going. She's, she's getting, you're seeing, the cool thing about Jade is you're seeing her grow each and every time. And there's just a little bit of growth. Sometimes it's a little bit, but you find, you're finding that she's getting her character down a little bit more. She's getting a little better in ring. And it's just, you just keep going with her. It's working. Why, it's working. why, why do anything too crazy? This is obviously just to keep the streak going. Uh, Josh also picked Jade. Uh, I think that's another cl- clean sweep in terms of finish uh, for the podcast. So I, and, but I think it's pretty straightforward and why it's happening. Uh, do you think we get the debut of any woman, a uh, woman's wrestler that comes out and kind of stares her down? Hmm. I think you'd be more likely to get a debut in the uh, Owens Women's Final. Yeah. Than there. So, so I'll say no. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving along, we hit our next match. And speaking of the Owen Hart Cup Tournament Finals, let's hit on the men's tournament. Uh, we have uh, this is the completion of the NXT storyline. So, Good on WWE for laying the foundation for the story. Uh, we've got Samoa Joe taking on Adam Cole, baby, in the Men's Owen Hart Cup Tournament Final. Who do you got? Who do I have? Wow. It's pretty. This is not an easy one. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, I think they're going to give it to, to uh, Cole because it sets up him chasing or facing uh, uh, Joe for the TV title, ROA TV title. Plus, uh, I think after his failed world title win, they want to give him something. And a tournament like this is just kind of better to have a heel win and brag about, you know? So for those reasons, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, with Cole. But, uh, I mean, you, obviously, they're really, they're really into Joe. Yes. 
Uh, so I'm going to uh, Josh's pick is Adam Cole, and I am going to pick Samoa Joe. I'm getting the first winner is a baby face. I'm going to pick Joe gets the win here. And that just kind of further delves into the Cole getting frustrated with his environment around him and can potentially lead to uh, things happening between him and the Bucks. All right. No, I mean, it's not a bad, it's not a bad pick at all. This is going to be, both guys are going to look great in this match. And yeah. This, oh, yeah. And this match yeah, is. It should be. It should be. It'll be a really interesting match because your heel is. He's not like Kyle Riley had this great match with him because you can buy Kyle Riley against Joe because he's so good at submissions and his feet are so quick and all this stuff is Matt Rustling. That's not really Cole's style. And, uh, you know, he's the, he's the, the little heel against the big baby face who's a powerhouse, um, but has a lot of agility too. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the match is laid out. I, I, I'm very curious. I, I think we're going to see a lot of chicken shit moments. Oh yeah. 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 I, Cole's not afraid to show his ass. No. And that's not a bad thing at all. No, not in a heel. Uh, uh, shuffling along here. We're going to go to the women's Owen cup tournament final. We don't, as we're recording this, we don't know definitively, who is going to be facing Dr. Britt Baker? I just Ruby Soho. I think it's probably going to be Ruby Soho as well. I think uh, she's winning the whole thing. You can put me down right now. I'm, Mark me down as having Ruby Ruby Soho as the uh, Owen Women's Champion. And that is who I'm also picking as well. But Josh brought up an interesting point. Uh, he picked Britt, and he said he could see it where Cole wins and Britt wins, and the couple is both the winners. Yeah, they could do that and then have them as a couple holding the trophies. You know, they could do that, but I don't think they will. No. I think they'll I think it's more they want you to think they will, not that they will. And I think Ruby needs something, and this is definitely something to give her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like who needs it more? And I think she needs it more. And I Same with Cole, I think he needs it more than Joe. Maybe that's why they had Tony Storm lose because they know they need to give it to Ruby a bit more than Tony Storm. Yeah, and not only that, but they need. I, I think Britt needed that win more than Tony Storm, in my opinion. You know, she they need you need to keep that homegrown talent strong as well. Yeah, you know, and she's kind of their number one homegrown talent in the women's division. Her or Jade Carville at this point. Yeah, they, they're really the OGs that are kind of holding the uh, the division down, especially Britt. So it does make sense to keep her strong because she is important to the, the, to the division. And even in a loss, like in the finals, she can still be like, well, I made it to the finals. I got screwed. And it's, it's one of those things also, I, I don't think Tony Storm's getting the reaction that they expected. I really don't think she is. What do you think the solution is for her? Uh, I don't I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. I think she's she's got everything. I, I think all you can do is highlight what a good wrestler she is and have her have really good matches against against other women. I think that's all you can do. 
So that was I, a fine match with the, Dr. Britt Baker tonight. But I think that's probably the best thing you can do is have our, uh, you know, high quality matches. And just keep highlighting her, her strengths. Because I think that's what got Thunder over. I think that yeah. was one of the big things was Thunder was really good in ring and people gravitated towards that. So if you can do uh, something similar with Tony, I think it'll eventually click for Tony Storm. She's too talented not for not to click. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think they just, her gimmick, they just, I think they just need to spend some time, you know, some, some one-on-one interview times with her kind of a sit down with her, you know, getting over her character and herself and her her story, telling her story, you know, her, uh, how young she was when she started in her travels and how hard she's made it to get here. That, that would be good for her. And the adversity she's faced and some of the things yeah. that like some of the comments that she's even said about what they want her to do in WWE. I think you can weave that into her story of being like, I had to, I stood up for myself and I said, no. And I said, I'm better than what taking my top off for you. This is, is that what they wanted her to do? What? Yeah. Apparently that was her thing where they wanted to take her top off when she got pied in the face. What? That, 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 that whole thing was, yeah, that's apparently what I had read was, it was, that doesn't make sense. They're a PG company. (laughs) No. Then again, you heard about it also, uh, Amber Moon talking about, uh, you know, how they're told in NXT, you're in NXT now. And she's, they're told, you know, wear skimpier clothes, wear skimpier clothes. You know, we're heighten up your sex appeal because it's, you know, a couple men who are stuck in the late 90s who don't get it, who are running that show now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Pritchard and and Vince, you know, it's sad. God damn it. This is the only way you get over. It it harkens back to uh, Deep's promo about how hard it is, especially coming through certain eras. Now, I mean, Deeb is married to resident sex pest, Marty Scroll, but the sentiment still stands as being women have definitely had a harder time in professional wrestling. Oh yeah, no question. No question. Speaking of Deeb, we chug along here to the AW Women's title match we have thunder rosa in is this her first or second defense she defended against nyla didn't she she defended against nyla yeah so this is her second title defense against serena deeb uh josh picked deeb who do you got morton uh i i i don't think they're taking that title off thunder rosa i think they think and i, I don't think they're wrong that she has some crossover appeal And I I think she does. So I I suspect that they're going to stick with her and give her. And plus you look at that division, they don't, I mean, they, the first couple champions changed, you know, hands pretty quickly from Riho to, you know, Nyla Rose. And then, yeah, they they were changing it. But if you look at the last, I mean, Dr. Burt Baker had her a long time, you know, and, uh, I can't remember her name now. It's escaping me. Sheeta. Sheeta, yes. Sheeta had it a long time. I think they're going to, I don't expect a short reign for Rosa. So I think Thunder Rosa definitely goes over here. 
I think so too. I think this is this is a good opponent for Thunder. I think they're going to have a good match. I think some of the promos have been a little rocky between these women. The build has been a little up and down in some ways for this program, but oh, once once that bell rings, both women are going to deliver in a, in the ring. So I think they're going to have a good match. But I do think Thunder Rosa retains, and they keep marching on. It will be interesting to see if if in uh, in three months' time, if uh, Thunder Rosa is defending the title against uh, a boss. Yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, you don't. I think that's wishful thinking. But we'll see. We'll see. Stranger things have happened in pro wrestling. I tell you what, that. If if that it does happen, I don't see her against uh, against Rosa. I see that as the first person to beat Jade Cargill. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Just makes sense. It's ah uh, yeah, I I yeah I here's my money. Take it now. <laughs> uh, shuffling, uh, continuing along down this path of this card we're we're up to match six now so we're over halfway done or halfway done now we've got the three-way tag team title match the for the aw women's tongues getting all tied around here let me try again three-way tag team match for the aw world tag team titles Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will defend against Team Taz, consisting of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I am going to pick that this is going to be a title change, and I am going to pick, as Josh picked as well, Team Taz. I just think they're going to give it to a heel. This is absolutely the right team to give it to. You've got two baby face teams that can chase it. And I think that you can delve deeper into the storyline of Swerve and Keith Lee versus Team Taz. And then obviously Jungle Boy can pair off with Christian in a match. So that kind of keeps them busy. It just, that's the way I see this going. I could be wrong, but that's the path I see. And Josh as well. Yeah. So, I mean, Josh seeing that path is enough reason for you to think, you know. It's probably not going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> You'd think, but like you're 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 going with Josh. That's your <laughs> <laughs> that's your logic. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, I, I see. Yeah, let's let's say my my head is my gut, but that way is telling me the Jungle Boy and and Luchasaurus retain. But the truth is, I'm looking at their roster and I'm looking at the the amount of tag teams they have that are baby faces and how much stronger than they are than the, the heel baby faces. And I think they need a heel baby face or sorry, heel champions in the tag division. FTR's baby faces now, Lucha Bros, uh, you know, I mean, the Hardys. I mean, other than the Young Bucks and uh, a Red Dragon, I guess you have Run- Young Bucks, Red Dragon, uh, House of Black, um, but I just don't see a lot of challengers left for, and I see House of Black as your first trails champion. So, yeah, I just don't see a lot of uh, reason to, to keep that belt on a babyface team. So let's go, my gut doesn't say that they do it from 
I don't think that they're looking at Hobbs and Stark yet as champions, but I think they need a heel team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger and agree. Team Taz. You're agreeing with Joshua Arbuthnot. Well, not on purpose. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think this and uh, just to note, I think this may end up being match of the night. Uh, the, it could very well be. Yeah. I think. They are they are going to this is gonna be a good match. I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh next up we've got the Anarchy in an arena match. Uh as uh John Moxley did not want to participate in a stadium stampede, uh as he called it. I don't want to be involved in that bullshit. Uh <laughs> but we've got the Jericho Appreciation Society. I'm not going to run down all the participants on the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, while I guess I should, we've got the the Grand Wizard. Just the, the Grand. Wizard. He's just, just the Wizard. He's not the Grand Wizard. That that was uh, uh, Ernie Combs, I think, was his name. Uh, we've just got the Wizard that's casting fireballs, which I think will make an appearance. We've got oh, Matt, there's no question. Matt Menard. Menard. They've changed their names. Angelo yeah. Parker. Magic Matt. Magic Matt. Angelo Parker. Going by now. <laughs> Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and Brian Danielson and John Moxley. This is going to be good. This is going to yeah, be I can't. Fun. I can't see the... I, don't, I just don't see Blackpool Combat Club taking a loss. I think that there's another babyface team. Uh, I, I just th- think that they're way behind this group. So yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them taking a loss. Josh disagrees with you, and he is picked Team Jericho. And he's he's picking a lot of heels to go over. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think. Jer- see, I think the thing is Jericho and them can take a loss. And it's because they're they are the heels, and they'll be able to get their heat back in different ways. Probably attacking innocent people behind stage. That's got to be an unsafe work environment. <laughs> uh, you could just have fireballs thrown at you. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm going to pick the baby faces. I'm going to pick. Uh, Santana Ortiz they've got they've taken a beat down and they really haven't gotten a lot over on the Jericho Appreciation Society uh so I think this is probably when they get their win and the crowd's all excited and happy yeah makes sense to me and it'll be a crazy makes sense to me we'll see we'll see Uh, I just yeah but that it makes sense to me uh, I think this will be a fun match. I do think that you will get some shenanigans in the arena. It won't be quite stadium stampede, but I think we will get uh, some shenanigans, especially considering they're sports entertainers. Yeah, I, very likely. Uh, next up, we got a six-man tag match. We've got Death Triangle, a Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix. And Ray Phoenix and Kyle O'Reilly was a great match. I really enjoyed that match. That uh, was awesome, too. Really awesome. Uh, taking on the House of Black, Malachi Black, 
Buddy Matthews and Brody King. I think, like you said, uh, you alluded to the trio's title. I think House of Black is first up for that one, and I think they get their win here as well. As mm. just and Josh agrees with me, so I I think that uh, I think because I see them as the first trios champion, I can see this very well being a hell of a match and being the finals in the trios tournament or however they do it and it it coming down to uh to these two teams and if death triangle gets the win i think that would throw i think the thinking is that throws more you know yeah yeah it, it gives them momentum makes you think maybe they'll be the champs and so i'm i'm thinking long term here and i'm going with death triangle no and i i think that that absolutely makes sense I think that absolutely makes sense. At the end of the day, this is going to be a very good match. You have a lot of talent in that ring. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, the thought, match of the night, no question. Just to think that you're going to have Buddy Matthews taking on Ray Phoenix is it's going to be good. It's going to be damn good. Hawk versus Malachi, Brody versus uh, Penta. Like You've got a, night, a lot of things that can be paired off in different ways that I think is going to lead to a very good match. Yeah. It should be a terrific match. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Next up, we have the battle of the delete versus the elite. We've got the Hardys, Jeff and Matt Hardy taking on the young bucks. They have wrestled before in ring of honor and the bucks got the win over them. or got the, uh, the win. Finally. That was the last match before they uh, went to WWE. The night before they they debuted in WWE at WrestleMania was the Bucks versus in ROH. So now we've got them taking on again. And they've they've wrestled in Mexico and many times. Uh, I'm picking the Hardys to get this win. Josh picks the Bucks, but I'm going to pick the Hardys as something a little bit different. Uh, And if you are going to have the heel tag team win, then this is another babyface tag team that you could be building up to take on young Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. I think, I think people think the bucks are going to win as part of the reason I think the Hardys will win. And I also think, yeah, you, you, I mean, you kind of look at Khan and how he books people. Like when they come in that these guys that he grew up watching guys like punk, and he's a big fan of Christian and, and he keeps them undefeated until they go for the belt. And then maybe they win or maybe they don't, but he keeps them undefeated. Till they get that title shot. And I think the uh, Bucks are going to do the job on this one. Yeah. The Bucks have barely wrestled in the last six months. Like, it's been very sparse for young Buck matches. Which They're is wrestling somebody on Friday. We don't know who. Uh, the, the thing that I like about the Bucks that are taking it easy is you're kind of saving their bodies longer oh, yeah. term. And it's crazy to me that essentially this company barely has the Bucks appearing, uh, doesn't have Kenny Omega, and doesn't have Cody at all. And it's it's not like we're sitting here going, man, this show's missing star power. Oh, God, no. This star, <laughs> this card is loaded. And it's like, this is, this is amazing that they're at this point. And it just goes to show how well the company has done building themselves up. Yeah, no, I, 
nothing to add. You you said it exactly. And uh, with that, we'll continue to move on. And this match, uh, the build for this match has been great. That cage match was a lot of fun. Uh, MJF sold it like death, that chair to the head. Uh, but we've got Maxwell Jacob Friedman taking on Wardlow. What do you think of the headshot? I hope that chair was gimmicked. I hope that chair was gimmicked. Sure I, didn't look it. I don't like chair shots to the head. I really don't. Uh, MJF sold it like death. It, it, I can headshots, like especially unprotected chair shots to the head. It's really hard to reconcile with. Um, yeah, especially in this day and age, right? Yeah, you were you're very well aware of it. Uh, the only positive side here is it's not the same guy taking the same shot over and over again. It's kind yeah. of it happens every once in a while, and it's different people at different times, but still not good. Uh, what do you think of uh, the Wardlow cage match? Oh. I- it was fun. Uh, I mean, this has been the best book thing in AEW, I think, for this, for this pay-per-view. Everything's been booked perfectly. Everybody's in the perfect role. Uh, the reactions are just what they want them to be. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they've done here. Who would have imagined Wardlow? Because you remember the first... I don't know if it was double. I, I don't know if it was double or nothing or one of the pay-per-views where they ran a p- promo package where it was for Wardlow and he was beating people up on the top of a roof and he had Anna Jay on his arm and then we didn't see him. And then he came in as uh, uh MJF's bodyguard who would have imagined from that promo package to hear where Wardlow has landed. Yeah. No kidding. Like, no kidding. It's just how good a job. It just shows how good a job they've done. Because he's he's a, he's made like and I I think Wardlow gets the win. It makes unless you're gonna There's, have him. You you gotta give the win to Wardlow. Yeah, you have to. Unless you're gonna keep it going, and I don't think they're gonna keep it going. I don't just don't know how they keep it going. Oof. And I thought the other one was loud. <laughs> I just how I a, want to point off that that's like a kilometer away from me as well. That's wild. Not exactly close. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Um, uh, how would you keep it going? I mean, the only way to keep it going is for Wardlow to get screwed so badly that he needs to get him in some sort of gimmick match to make up for it. Um. Yeah, that's that's the way you do it. Yeah, you you he gets screwed, so you need to get him handcuffed to to MJF, so he can't run away or something. Like that's that's the way. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think Wardlow gets the pin. Yes, and that's uh, that's who I'm picking, and that is who Josh has picked as well. And I think it'd be very interesting to see where Wardlow goes next. Yes. Because you've got to follow up now with Wardlow. Yeah, and is he ready for a world title match? Uh, or would you give him a, uh, you know, I mean, 
the T, the TNT title or, or TBS title. Well, I'm getting confused. TBS title. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of in a weird place right now. Yes. Where it would really benefit from having somebody like Wardlow get it, you know, and build to like a now Miro's done filming his TV show, build to him against you know, against uh, yeah, him against Wardlow, Ooh. Miro versus Wardlow. Who wouldn't want to see that? That'd be very good. And I think Warlow just continues to improve in rain. He knows what he's he knows what he is. He's, oh yeah, he knows what he is. He is this current crop for AEW. He's their Batista. And he's their Goldberg. He's the big brooding guy that launches bodies flying everywhere. And you're just like, this is this is this is your action film. This is your guy that's such simple booking and it's gotten him over so well i mean it's just it just shows that you don't need to overthink this stuff nope you know and you don't need a write a writing crew of 40 like it's just it's really been they've done everything what perfectly with him nothing's been complicated it it really hasn't like this is really almost a three-year storyline this is the longest storyline that they're building they're paying off as well that's another thing about it that's really pretty amazing it, it's been such a slow build and we finally and it, it doesn't feel like oh they missed the time on this they it feels like the timing is a bullseye perfect yeah and like even um aw sent out a tweet uh with uh the picture of the chair and said uh, big heads leave big dents, and then Max retweeted it and quoted it, saying, "What happened?" So he uh, they didn't need to do the chair shot to the head. No, what? I'll tell you how they should have done that. They should have done that. That uh, he goes out and and Sean Spears grabs the chair and he brings it in and he's about to hit Wardlow with it, and MJF grabs it from him and goes, "I'd have to disqualify you if I see that," and then hands it back to him and turns his back. So his back is to him, so he doesn't see it. And then Wardlow ducks, and you hit him with a chair across the back instead of the head. And then he can just flop to the ground. And then he just flops to the ground. He just sells it. He and... wasn't expecting it. It really you know, caught him off guard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that's how they should have done it. And that's, that's, what, that's what frustrates me about it is it, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um. I still think the match will be good. Uh, this is it's going to be very interesting to see the trajectory of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Is is by the is my prediction going to be right? And by the end of this year, is he going to be your world champion? Because my prediction was Punk, Eddie, the title, yeah, and then very quickly does Maxwell take the title off Eddie? Because it's not going to kill Eddie, it's not going to hurt Eddie, it's not going to devalue Eddie, but you give Eddie. No, it would. It would. It would do the opposite for Eddie. Um, yeah, it's possible. I don't see it happening, but it's possible. What do you think happens? Well, I mean, we have to get to the title, world title match first. Uh, let's let's get to the world title match. We've got. Uh, man, I Is can't. I'm not going to do the women's title match first. Oh, uh, we we already talked about Thunder Rosa, and uh, oh, that's right, we did. Yeah. Good I point. Just, I uh, well, this is the last match. We've got Hangman Adam Page returning to the pay per view where he first failed 
to capture. Uh, no, first the first pay-per-view where he promised he was going to win the AEW uh, world title and then went on to fail until he didn't fail, taking on the returning CM Punk. Who would have guessed three years, three years ago from Double or Nothing that we would have the main event being CM Punk versus Hangman Adam Page. If anyone told me that three years ago, I'd be like, I don't know if I can believe you. <laughs> uh, what have you thought of the build and what do you think is going to happen? Uh, the build has been all right. I mean, it's really tough because they don't really seem to want to. I mean, Hangman's getting more boost tonight, but I mean, it's not like they really want to turn Hangman. You can kind of see that, right? So it's, it's a difficult sell to that degree, like, uh, you know, um, and he had two really popular guys and, and uh, yeah, I, it's been all right. They tried their best to make you want to see the match, you know, but I, I don't know that it's, uh, I don't I think it's just the fact that CM Punk is why people are interested because they love CM Punk and they're interested in him. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really what's doing it for them. Uh, not so much, uh, yeah, not so much the build, but just the idea of his his popularity and his crossover appeal. And could he can he be world champion? And by the way, I do. Predict- so the argument is, what's that? Oh no, go ahead. Give us your argument. Give us your argument. So the argument is for is that his whole point of having a guy like him there is to put over the young guy. And Adam Page is one of, if not the guy, the young guy. He's you know early thirties, I believe. Yeah. Uh, who you want to, you want to build this company around somebody like that, and so I mean, it's perfect to have the veteran put him over, because it gets him over, and makes a big deal. The other, the other argument is, CM Punk is as Tony Khan described it today. He's opening doors for them and for sponsors and people that want, like for instance, that uh, uh, karaoke cab thing or whatever it is, karaoke taxi, whatever show that oh, is uh, that they're on. And he's on that. It's because they wanted CM Punk. You know, that's why that that old deal went down. Um, so I mean, him as champion just can get over so much more stuff uh yeah yeah it's uh, i i can see an argument either way i can uh, see the argument both ways i i'm gonna go with punk i'm uh it's going to be a clean sweep because josh also picks punk and my thinking is you go with punk because you have a finite window with punk why not just go for the gusto with punk yeah and just go let's let's go and just because i do i i think it's perfect uh uh like to me it would make sense for someone like eddie to beat punk because punk can get cocky and i think that that is when you can have punk kind of lean more into the heel side and i think the crowd will get firmly behind eddie because it's the perfect underdog story it's yeah like i said i don't really see that happening i I really 
I really don't see Eddie getting the world title over over CM Punk. If CM Punk has it, it's to keep it for a while, and until he, you know, puts over an MJF, puts over a young guy. Yeah. I mean, the whole point is that he puts over a young guy, and no offense to uh, to Eddie Kingston, but he's no young guy. He's no young guy. Uh, and I absolutely, I I can agree with that. Uh, but I I I'd like to. I think you can do it in such a way that. It, but it also could be MJF. It could simply just be MJF that gets the title. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd say there's a much better chance of that. Yeah, uh, and I mean the thing is, I I think that long term wise, I think Hangman could take a loss here, and he could eventually down the line get it back from Punk. So I think within that window, you have that planned in that you lose here but you'll get a win here and we'll just hopefully everything lines up and works, but have the faith that it could be, it, it depends on whether or not they want to fully turn them. I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect storyline for him, for punk to beat him and for him to grudgingly shake his hand. Like punk is, you're going to shake my hand. That's kind of the thing tonight that he does shake his hand and then attacks him post and does the, uh, does the WWE, post-match beat-down heel turn. But in this case, it would work because it's not something they do every other day. Yeah. And you get... And, like, because recently I went back and watched one of my favorite matches of all time, uh, the Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny, and just that tease of the Hangman buckshot to Kenny and just how the crowd reacts and the way... Hangman looks when he's about to potentially do it and the smile he gets. I think that there's a side of Hangman that you can tap in there. So it is potential that we get a heel turn. It is the thing. I mean, it was originally the plan that Kenny Omega would be the baby face and he would be the, the heel, you know? So who knows? Maybe they, maybe they really want that still. Uh, you know, I get the feeling he wants to turn. Yeah. Like just... Yeah, I get the feeling he wants to turn, that he wants to uh, freshen up his character that way, put it that way. And I think that would very much add another coat to Hangman Adam Page. Well, the whole thing is he's he's not hugely over here as the champion. Like, he's, he's still a star, but he's not... He doesn't have the momentum he had back when he was... Back when, frankly, he could drink the beers from the crowd. Yeah. If anybody was hurt by the pandemic, uh, despite the fact he's gotten the belt since then, if anybody was hurt by the pandemic, it's Adam Page because he's no longer getting to, yeah, he no longer gets to do what was the most popular part of his act. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think, I, I think, I understand why they wanted to put the title on Hangman and I agreed with, putting the title on hangman and that's why kenny stuck around was to put over hangman i i think this is just going to be a building block to getting hangman hopefully back to close to that level i don't know if you can but i think that's going to be their long-term goal and i think they're going to make choices based on getting him back because i do think they really see him as one of their aces if not the ace of the company oh for sure they do and and they should you know, he's 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 really the type of guy that you I mean, he's he checks all the boxes, put it that way. 
And I mean, so you'd want to get a guy like that over and you'd want to get a guy like that in, in, uh, yeah, as your champion, you know, he checks all the boxes. There's no question about it. I mean, you look at his title reign and you look at, uh, you look at, uh, whatchamacallit, you look at his matches with Brian, which I thought were great. I really enjoyed their matches. You look at the match with Lance Archer. I really enjoyed that match. And the creative yeah. finish for that match still sticks with me to this day. Uh, the Adam Cole matches, I think that kind of bogged him down a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if it just was the storyline that just didn't quite flow the way you would have hoped. Uh, I think too many people wanted Adam Cole to win. Yeah. that That's what hurt him and hurt the hurt the build there and i think that i think that was one of those things where and it's really hard sometimes getting the timing right and figuring out where to place people in order to not hurt uh your your overall product yeah exactly so it's that, that was a very tricky thing so i think hangman page has struggled in some regard and i think some of it is timing some of it is uh some of the choices but hopefully and the other thing i think hurt hurt hangman indirectly was how hot the mjf and punk feud was that was the must see feud while the coal feud was going on and it overshadowed it greatly and rightfully so yeah i mean rightfully so uh, that much i definitely agree with you know i mean you couldn't you couldn't say that anything else was. I mean, it's CM Punk. He's the biggest star in the company. Is CM Punk? Yeah. Like, straight yeah. up, like there's no, there's no question on who's number one. It's he's a bigger star than even Daniel Bryan and, and Moxley and anybody else who came from the WWE, except for maybe, I guess you could say Jericho is technically a bigger star, but I don't think he is, and he certainly isn't. He certainly isn't to the audience that's watching now. He's still huge, but he's not a bigger star than, than uh, yeah, than you know, good old CM Punk there. So, yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm back and forth on who's winning this. Like I said, CM Punk, and now I'm thinking, oh, I'm sticking CM Punk, but it's not easy. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's really a, a tough match to call. Which is good, you know what? That'll make it more fun watching it. Yep. And Punk is such a master of telling a story within a match that I think that this is going to be a great learning experience for Hangman. This is going to be because I always go back to Punk's promo or him on the Art of Wrestling when he's talking about the WrestleMania main event. I need to be in a WrestleMania main event to learn what it takes to be in the main event. And I think that's something for Hangman. I need to learn by being in these matches because then I will be better. It's the same thing with Okada. Like you look at the growth of Okada in New Japan and that first match with uh, Tanahashi and then just everything that followed along with it. The big matches are when you saw Okada learn and step up and be the big time player that he is. And I think it's the same thing for Hangman not on the same skill set. I don't think there are many wrestlers that can touch what Okada can do in ring. But for guys, it's about having these moments that 
help you learn and grow and hopefully elevate your game to being at a point where you're like, okay, I'm taking that next step. Every time you have a pay-per-view match, regardless of what company it is, the hope is whoever's in that match is going to take something that's going to make them a little bit better, make them a little bit more of a draw for you and make a little bit more money and just keep doing that as it builds up. So hopefully this is that type of match for hanging where he learns. Yeah. Well put. I mean, that's exactly it. You nailed it. I think that I I hate, and you know how much I hate to give you credit for anything. And it's very seldom way happens, but I will take it and I will. And this is recorded too. So you can't, there's no takey, takesy backsies. Well, sure there is. Um, I, I, I humbly disagree. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's Double or Nothing. It's going to be an exciting show. Uh, the This is, uh, I love that we have, I, I will always gladly spend, like there's never a point where I go, it's $50 for this show. I go, it's $50. Here's my money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it'd be really interesting to see what the buys are on this thing, actually. Because, hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, I could see it was Punk challenging for the title being their biggest jet. I mean, it doesn't feel like it has the momentum of some of the other ones, but I, I don't know. I could definitely see it happening. I think I think this is, I think they're going to do well. It might not do as great, but I think it's going to do well. I think the the company is continuously showing signs of growth. And uh, speaking of which, Tony Khan has confirmed that uh, the heads of uh, Warner Discovery is throwing AW a party at the Forum uh, next week. Which yes, that's right. Those people who are wondering whether what the future was between them, with them getting rid of scripted television, uh, I don't think it's something that AEW needs to worry about. No, I think hearing that news is almost kind of like, oh, okay, well, they're going to throw these guys a party and want to meet with Tony and meet some of the guys. I think they're like, okay, let's see how this, this is is a very important moment for Tony Khan and AEW. Because if they show their ass during this meeting, and I don't think they will, then it could be some problems. But I also think as long as they shake hands, kiss babies, and do all the right stuff, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, no, and and they will. And it's not like they're throwing the party for them. I mean, they're the ones who are having the party thrown for them. That's significant. Yeah. Even though, and it, I know a lot was made about the lack of presentation in the upfront. I wonder if that's just because, sorry guys, we can't send a whole lot of people. Like, yeah, that could very well be. I mean, I wouldn't I mean, read too much into that. And I mean, you could make the argument that they could have easily sent Kenny, but I think when you have a current, like, I think if I'm Warner, I'm asking for Adam Cole. I'm asking for Hangman. I'm asking for Jade. I'm asking for Thunder Rosa. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else I would ask for. Well, I mean, you know, you ask for Punk. You ask for, <laughs> you know, you ask for Punk. You ask for uh, for Jericho. You ask for, you ask for every, everybody. But I mean, who you actually get is different. 
And if I'm Tony, I would have sent like a Jericho is great in those situations. Uh, I would also send a guy like maybe uh, Jungle Boy. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird. They don't have a Miz. That's the one thing they're missing. They don't have a Miz who's like that guy you just sent. Who, you know, that's the guy you sent. I really think it is kind of Jericho. Jericho's well-spoken enough in those. Yeah, but he's so busy. Yeah. I mean, he does more than Russell. It, so, it's definitely he's asking a lot. You definitely have to find someone to slot into that Miz role. But we are done. This is our show. Uh, thank you. Better. Thank you, everyone, for listening. More any last comments before we run away? I predict I'll give the show an 8 out of 10. Maybe an 8.5. I think, the, I think 8 out of 10 is, is pretty standard for an AEW pay-per-view. More times than not. Actually, I think it's usually higher than that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Should be a lot of fun. It it always is. But thank you for joining us. Hopefully Josh will recover. And then when we review the show, the three of us can talk about what a wonderful show it was. Yeah, Josh, get better soon. We missed your energy, Josh. We've never seen him I can't more. Think of anything. I can't think of anything else that he brings. Mm, yeah, it's probably it's the energy. It's the energy. Well, Morton, thank you for joining us. Go Flames Go. If this is out uh, and you're listening to this after Thursday and they lose, well. It was still a good season. They still gave me a lot of enjoyment. At the end of the day, it's millionaires skating on ice playing a kid's game. So don't have a stroke, anyone out there, because I'm trying not to. (laughs) they may kill me they may kill me but thank you for listening and we'll be back with uh, all our thoughts post uh, Double or Nothing Goodbye and good night